2: This is the sooner sports podcast. Your all access pass to sooner sports. The sooner sports podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Wind Resort. The place to be. Oh mama. What a play. Now from Sooner Sports TV, here's Jessica Cootie and Meg McDonald. Welcome
3: back, everybody, into another edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast with Jess and Meg. I'm Jessica Cootie, and she is Meg McDonald. And we've got a little bit of a different feel for you today. We are not going to have a guest on today. Sorry to disappoint. We'll get back to it, we promise. But um, one thing that we kind of talked about is, you know, with the women's gymnastics team doing what they did this season and then kind of everything that went into the national runner-up finish, Meg, you were with them the whole time, so we thought it would be cool to kind of let you kind of paint the scene and and the story of everything that kind of went on behind it, and, you know, we talked to when we first started this thing about how you and I just kind of sit in our office sometimes and have these, like, you know, deep, long conversations, and so we had, you know, talked a lot about, I called her on the phone on Monday after the meet, and, you know, she had told me about some things that I think probably a lot of people that aren't gymnastics fans maybe realize and understand that kind of goes into it. So, um, you know, I think people might be interested to hear some of those things and, and what goes into like competing for a national title. And then, you know, maybe those, those little, little tweaks that kept them from getting, you know, another national title. So uh, kind of behind the scene, but then also, some great things that also happened, right? Yeah. (laughs) But also like it's still some big feats accomplished this weekend still too. So we're going to talk about all of that, but, you know, I guess let's just start kind of going into it. Um, The Friday night of the NCAAs is a, a qualifier for the super six, which is basically gets you into the championship meet, but it's also the night that national championship awards are awarded the individual national titles. So, like, if you win the floor, you win the vote, whatever. So, but this just changed. This is only the second year that this has happened. Is, has that been a positive? Do you think, you know, especially in the second year, first year happens, you know, but in the second year, I think you can kind of get a feel. Do teams
1: like this set up? I think it has been a positive because in previous years before the change, they had the semifinals on Friday, Super 6 on Saturday, and then event finals on Sunday. So if you're an all-arounder for a team that competes in the Super 6, you're going back to back to back days. And then it's probably not going to be your best performance for event title on Sunday. So I think the combining of the two – where they compete for individual awards on Friday, and to qualify to Super 6 has been a good thing when it comes to the health of the student athletes. It's probably also got to help because, like, you know, the, the gymnasts that are competing for teams
3: that have big goals, it probably keeps your mind off of maybe a little bit more pressure on, oh, I'm trying to win a national title me, myself, individually. like You've got to keep your focus on what your team needs you to do, so it's probably going to help relieve some of that pressure.
1: And I and KJ Kindler goes into that because, obviously, Maggie Nichols and Brenna Dow and AJ Jackson and Nicole Lerman they can all win event titles, Maggie, in the all-around. So I think KJ was really specific about the goal on Friday leading up to semifinals was, this is us. This is about the team. You know, if you do well, the team does well, and you can win a title. But it really is. We are team-focused, and she said that – Everyone really bought into it, and she actually praised Maggie Nichols because she really bought into that mindset of, okay, yes, you can win an all-around title, but I'm here for the team. I'm here to perform for the Sooners. So, okay, so let's
3: go back a year ago. Everyone assumed that Maggie Nichols was probably going to win or be in the running to win a national title her freshman season. She falls on the beam. Like, she doesn't ever do that. She doesn't fall in practice. Yeah, so – First time ever, and we still haven't – We this year didn't happen. And so, um, you know, I think everyone was just like, oh, like no one could believe what they saw, you know. So that completely took her out of the running of the all-around um title and the beam title, which, you know, she is one of the best beamists, beam workers. Beamist. Beamists. Beamists <laughs> uh, in the nation. And so, you know, I know she had to be devastated from that. But, again, focus not being on her winning an all-around title, even though that was a goal – She comes back and is just absolutely magical to see her win that. But then, you know, again, there's so many layers to that story of her winning that. So she last year, everyone maybe expected her to win. She falls uncharacteristically. Then in January, she comes out, and it and it's revealed that, you know, she was one of the catalysts that helped, you know, change the culture of, of Team USA Gymnastics. She was one of the first to report abuse by the Team USA doctor, and, you know, it's public knowledge, and so then she's battling with that. So everyone, but everyone in the gymnastics world knows this, right? And so what was kind of people, the reaction when you're they're following her along – the journey and, you know, she's event after event after event. And you're kind of seeing maybe she's getting closer to winning that individual all around.
1: I can say that it was pretty much a sold out event both days, Friday night and Saturday night. And I don't think there was a dry eye in the arena, just like between just other teams who the, the culture of gymnastics has changed completely this year. And a lot of it is I like a lot of shirts now that every team wears says together we rise, where it's more, yes, it's still a competition. Yes, everyone wants to win, but it's less catty. You know, everyone's kind of, everyone has each other's back now. And when you see other teams and other coaches and other individual athletes competing just by themselves, cry tears of happiness for Maggie Nichols, it was one of the coolest moments I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, you, see, and then you see tweets and blogs, and everyone is so happy for Maggie. And And again, she's still like, yeah, you know, I'm just glad the team is going to Super 6. And, you know, I'm not really worried about it. And that's who she is. She really is that humble, just nice girl from women, woman, excuse me, from Minnesota. Like, it it was just one of the coolest moments I've ever been a part of. And I'm not a part of it, but I was able to really witness. Yeah. Wasn't a dry eye in the entire arena when she won that All-Round
3: No one more deserving, certainly. Mm -hmm. But yet, you're watching on TV, for those of us that weren't there, and... The team is going crazy. And you don't know, like, you assume that they're cheering for Maggie. I think probably, you know, again, the the people that don't maybe know everything that goes into it. for me, like, I'm assuming, oh, they must know that Maggie just clinched an all-around title. But that wasn't the case. Nobody knew, like, nobody knew at all how close
1: she was, if she was in it. They were cheering because they wanted to get to that 198 score, right? Right, and that 198 score has been, I mean, the score of... The season for the Sooners. No other team has gotten has scored over three one ninety eights, and the Sooners have ten. So that is an exciting moment, and they advance to Super Six. That's this team doesn't take that like lightly. Lightly, yeah. So like, it's still a big deal when you have a chance to compete for a national title. It's not easy to even advance to Super Six. Right. So when Maggie wins, and we didn't know. No one is really paying attention to scores. Because here's the thing, there's another
3: semifinal that happened before. Correct. So, like, you can see maybe, I don't even know if they have the all-around scores. Okay, so there's no, there's no
1: there. They only have that session.
3: Yeah. But then you don't even know because, like, you, the, the, you don't know what happened in the semifinal before. It's not like those are posted anywhere either.
1: And also in national championships, they have six judges, and that's different because it comes down to, gosh, the 1,000th of a point. So when you have four decimal points down, no one can really do that math to, a thousandth of a point. So no one can really pay attention and then scores change you can always inquire coaches can inquire and try to get their score higher and Michaela Skinner who won the, the all round title last year because Maggie fell on beam. They're both freshmen. They're both on the United States team together, so they know each other really well. She's from Utah. She still had to go on floor. And Maggie was done with her competition, which is competition, her best event, right? Which is one of her best events and she's phenomenal. Like yes, Maggie Nichols is fantastic, but Michaela Skinner is just as good too and it's funny KJ Kindler actually came up to me before Michaela Skinner went and was like did Maggie win it like what's going on like cause she's not able to keep track she has a team to coach right but I'm able to kind of like try and follow the scores because I'm just watching really and enjoying the gymnastics and Michaela Skinner still had to go but she would have to get like a 10 point one, two, five, in order to beat Maggie. So we which had that told you can't get, right? Which you cannot receive in college gymnastics. So it was cool to just tell KJ like, no, whatever Michaela Skinner does, she can't beat Maggie. Maggie has won, like, and I think KJ started getting emotional because she had a postgame interview, and she started getting emotional just thinking about the year, and gosh, the whole gymnastics career of Maggie Nichols all coming to this moment, and just the excitement. That it's all led up to. Yeah.
3: I think probably we just all assume because, I mean, Bart Connor's on the TV telling us what, what Maggie has to do to, to lock it up. So we assume everybody knows. I, I mean, I think I, – I, I assume that people knew within the OU team where kind of everybody stood and where Maggie stood. And so he basically said – you know, she can secure this with what a nine, nine, seven, five. Nobody could have caught her. Right. Something. Like and that, yeah. so it was like, and then she gets a 10. So it was like, no doubter. It was a no doubter. And so, um, but again, so everyone starts going crazy and then, um, you know, she ends up winning it. And I mean, it was just so special and she, just a sophomore, by the way, people. So look out, but we yet, have a lot more of Maggie Nichols. Yeah. But yet, you know, again, that's what, K.J. Kinler talked about in another interview is like, um, yeah, the team is is what the goal has been. And we don't want to make light with of, of, but we certainly don't want to make light of what Maggie did because that hadn't been done here at OU in what, 30 years. And so um, and, you know, it, it, Maggie uncharacteristic fell on the first time, like everyone was like, oh, she'll win the all around four years in a row. But then, you know, things happen. You never know. And it it's hard to do. And it's very, very, very special to win that all around title.
1: It really is. And I just think it's much more difficult than people think. You know, like, Mikayla Skinner was only down a tenth of a point to her. Like, it really was that close. And when Maggie Nichols fell, I will note when Maggie Nichols fell last year in semifinals on beam, the next night at Super 6, she scored a 10 on beam. Yeah. Like, the amount of just pressure she has been able to withstand, like, she's been it's been packed with pressure for her. Like from day one, like people have expectations of Maggie Nichols and she has those expectations of herself and she gets really down on herself. If she makes one mistake, she can still go nine, nine and win the event. But if she made a mistake, like she recognizes Mm -hmm. it in herself. So it's not just the outside pressure. It's the pressure she puts on herself that really has made her a champion in NCAA. Okay. So
3: putting the bow on that, um, you know, again, Maggie, no one really even celebrated that. I mean, they, didn't want to take away from it, obviously, but
2: they had got business a, to take care
3: they've of. They've got a bigger goal in mind, and it's, you know, the team national title, a back-to-back-to-back national title. And so, okay, one of the questions that I've gotten a lot is um, you know, you, you hear about starting on beam and how difficult that is. But they're the number one team going in. They had the best score out of the semifinal, and yet they had to start on beam, which I think most people see that as a disadvantage. So what has come to light that you just told me there's no there's no set rotation, it's a draw, right? So walk us through you you finish the semifinals and then you just all go in and you
1: draw out of a hat. like what happens?
3: So I want to say
1: gymnastics is the only sport that like just does, doesn't treat number one overall seeds. You like, don't get in a, a, no. in a reward it doesn't for that. make any sense. even on the regional level, like oh you the number one overall seed traveling to Minnesota like it doesn't make a ton of sense. So, I I just I don't really understand how this works, but so they have a random draw for semifinals, right? And right. they started on beam that was just and it's it's not based off team, it's based off seeding. So, the number 1 overall seed starts in the second session on beam. Like that was a random draw. Oh. And so and then the number 2 overall seed probably competes in the sec- the first session of the semifinals and they're starting on vault. Like it's not actually team school-based, it's literally just, and then it's team, and then it's whatever event they draw. Does that make sense? Yeah. Am I explaining that? Like, I'm not sure if that's confusing or not.
3: Okay, so, like, the seeding is what, so it doesn't even look into... The teams. ...who it is. So, Mm -hmm. they somebody goes and draws, okay, the number one seed is going to start on this event. Yes. And so on and so forth. Yeah,
1: and so then, after semifinals, they actually already drew... For Super Six. So we knew, or Oklahoma knew, that if they win their session, the second session of semifinals, they're also starting on Beam. And that again, random draw. So I actually, they didn't have their best start on Beam. And gosh, they still scored like a 49 4 5. Like, yeah. no other team is actually capable of doing that. And that was almost an off night for them. Right. So when they started a little shaky, uh, I was like, wait, if we are actually, if we finish second, if Oklahoma finishes second in the second session, they get to start on vault in Super 6, which is a great draw. That's right. Olympic rotation. That's like the dream. Yeah. And then finishing on floor, you just get to perform. There's no pressure. So right. I was actually kind of hoping they would finish in second because you still qualify to Super 6, and yeah. it's a clean slate. And obviously you don't get an advantage. <laughs> yeah, you you actually get the advantage if you finish second. Yeah. But that's already a random draw drawn before that too. Right. It just doesn't make a ton of sense in my opinion. Okay, so, but
3: they start on beam and Nico Lehrman never falls and she fell off the beam. But yet still everybody responded. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think a lot of people, um, it seemed to be, and again, it's there, there are certain things that they take off that I would never in my entire life ever recognize. But it looked like Maggie... Could have very easily gotten a 10 with that beam routine. But since that was the very first rotation and they started on beam and they're the first ones that those judges saw, if they did exactly what they did, even with the fall and what they did, if you pick that up and that's later on in the meet, does Maggie get a 10 on that routine?
1: It's very, very possible. And this is where the annoying part of the sport comes into play because it's all subjective. Judges are humans. You know, right. they're not, they don't have the same eye. There's six different people judging one routine. So you can see one judge give someone a 9-9 nine, nine, and another judge will give them like a 9-6. Like there's always discretion. Like they see different things from different angles. It's just, it's human nature. It's human error, whatever you want to call it. And how it works is they generally get easier throughout the meet and I don't know if it's just they get tired or bored or maybe excited and they want to throw out those big scores but that's how just how it works I don't know why but that's how it goes you're you're
3: trying to challenge them from the start you don't want to just
1: you you can't set
3: the bar too high I guess you exactly you know so yeah okay so but still though and that's what coach Kindler said the other gymnast in that lineup that came up after this is the best they've done all year
1: and I love that KJ Kindler talks about she thanked Nicole Lehrman after she fell off beam. Because, I mean, that's devastating. N- Nico doesn't make mistakes. And to make one in Super 6 on the very first event, like, she, you are devastated for your team. And so for the the rest of the team to really rally around her and compete their top performances of the entire year, like, that's an awesome moment. And KJ saying she thanked her, like, as – I mean, she's only a 20 – Like, she's a college student having to deal with all this pressure and feeling terrible about it, having to get back. She still has to compete bars after. Right. So you can't dwell on it too much, and I love – that's why KJ Kindler is just one of the best coaches, in my opinion. Like, instead of being hard on her and saying, you lost super six for us. Like, no, Nico actually made her team better. Yeah. Beam and and Natalie Brown
3: was the first one to go
1: up after Nico's falling. Fall, fall. The fall. Like, how, is so hard. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. And what did that do for
3: the? How did that set the tone? Not just for what Anastasia and Maggie did, but really for the rest of the meet. It had to like give this team okay. We're
1: okay. We're okay. I I said they got out of pickle. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like if we're going baseball terms or whatever, and then and then a walk off ten with Ping Ping <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> on the final event, but Natalie Brown really showed the mental strength. I mean, she was fourth. Follow, so Nico was third in the lineup. Natalie Brown's fourth, the very first event. Natalie Brown is coming off a knee surgery in the beginning of the season. She didn't break into lineups till about halfway, which is really hard. Once you, Once the coach kind of has a lineup that works, why change it? You know, but she trusts Natalie. Natalie's an All-American on beam. But it's mentally hard. Oh my gosh! It's just so hard to follow a fall. Like I don't care what mental state you're in, you feel the pressure. Right. Because if you fall, you have to count one. Now you're out. You don't even give yourself a chance. Because they you. So in gymnastics, you're allowed to count one. You're allowed to not count one score. Right. So it's six, drop one score. Yes, yeah, six athletes compete. Five scores count. Right. And when Natalie crushed it, like lights out. I was I was nervous for her just watching because that's a really hard position to be put in. And and I would think too,
3: it's not just a fall, but it's a fall from somebody who never falls.
1: Right, Natalie's not used to following a fall. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess when you really get into it, no <laughs> one's used to following a fall on this Oklahoma yeah. team. But seriously,
3: though, I mean, it's like got to be like, oh my gosh, like I've never seen this person fall, and she fell. But somehow... and I'm next, and I have to like, get ready to go. And the, and this is again, this is everything on the line because you know you talked about so many times, like so many of those little things count in this, and which we saw in the end, which we're going to get to. So. So you finish out the beam strong, end up doing a very good job, and then you go to floor, and again, another kind of uncharacteristic mistake from your senior A.J. Jackson, but, okay, I, we've talked so much about Maggie and everything, but Anastasia Webb, the freshman on the that scene, at that stage for the first time, and, and how she delivered, I mean, how special was that, and how needed was
1: that, you know? And that's got to be something K.J. Kindler looks in, something she looks for in recruits. Someone who is a gamer, you know, as just a freshman and she's been competing all around throughout the entire season, which is not something that's very common. And KJ actually talked about how Anastasia was a little tight on night one. You know, she was nervous. There were some nerves there. And then for her to come out and kill it night two and the highest pressure situation of her probably gymnastics career to just nail every single routine, it was I, am, I can't wait for Anastasia Webb's future as a Sooner.
3: So what she did then, um, she sets up, and again, she had a pretty good score on floor the night before, mm-hmm. which sets up for Maggie to win the floor title, right? Because, right. yep. you know, you want... You build. Yes. And so the person before you, it, it's only better for you if they have a good score. Right. So she kind of set the table for Maggie on a couple of, of, of events, so she nails the floor, then Maggie comes in and does her thing. So then you go to Vault, and Jade DeGovea, her story was incredible, too. Yes. This weekend.
1: Oh, wow, I forgot about Jade. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> so much has gone on, I totally forgot about Jade. Jade hasn't competed Vault since January 21st. She had a foot injury and then was coming back from that. And I I don't know if I've ever met someone who is who wants it as bad as Jade DeGovea wants it. You know, you, she she was coming back probably a little too fast because she just wanted to compete. That's how hungry she is. And then you'd see her, the coaches would let her warm up on vault. It just not even like planning to compete, but she got to warm up. And she's super happy about that. And trying to do well to in convince, warmups because like, coaches, I'm, those coaches, in this lineup. exactly, they watch warm-ups. They take warm-ups in, into effect when it comes to putting someone into the lineup. So she's just training her hard out for the past couple of months and went to regionals, warmed up vault. Went To Big 12's warmed up vault, but it just wasn't there, it wasn't ready. And you can just see every single meet her, her on it like her reaction is so like, genuine when yeah. it comes to her just being so upset. And yeah. not because she doesn't want to be there for her team, that's not it at all. She, she just, just wants to wants be in that lineup and wants involved. to contribute so bad, exactly. And that's the athlete you want on your team. But to see her stick a Yurchenko one and a half, which is her vault was one of the coolest moments I've seen because her delight in her face and then her team is excited for her and then for her to do it again on day two. What a story it's been for Jade. I mean, I I know she probably would would like to rewrite the script and take these injuries out and actually compete every meet, but it was a really cool moment for her.
3: And another person that we have to talk about that we didn't talk about in the Friday night, but Brenna Dowell and KJ talked a lot about how you know she's got so much power, and she was sticking her vault at the beginning of the year. Then she went through some periods where she just couldn't get that stick. She sticks it, wins it, wins the vault title on Friday. But then, once again on Saturday, I mean, you you need those scores, and she just does her job once again, and on floor too. Like she was unbelievable on the floor on she was. on night two. Yeah, so she
1: had a big weekend too. Brenna Dowell, in my opinion, is the most consistent gymnast on the Oklahoma gymnastics team like and and again you have the Anastasia Webbs and the Maggie Nichols and the AJ Jacksons that it's crazy that Brenna Dow might fly under the radar because she was on the United States national team and she took home a gold medal in 2015 so it's like this girl is this athlete is still incredible right and she's been honestly one of the most consistent on vault and and when KJ says you know she had that stick early in the season and was really nailing it and then may have dropped off. We're talking about
2: an, Minute, inch, an yeah. inch
1: of a step. Like, it's yeah. still she was nailing it and generally being one of the top scores on the vault team. So, vault goes well for this team. And at this point, I feel like everyone's
3: thinking, oh, you have got it in the bag again. Because, yeah. like, they're so good on the bars. And mm-hmm. they've been good on the bars. They're, good on, they're good on everything. Let's face <laughs> it. But, yeah. like, you know, you just have a really good feeling at this point. I'm like, oh, my gosh, they've done it. After that ball rotation, like I'm like okay, and all of a sudden UCLA comes out of nowhere. So what is the is? Do you feel that in the arena? Do people know that UCLA is starting to kind of like pull things kind of and and come out of nowhere? No, nobody knows. (laughs) Nobody realizes it. No, so
1: I know, I know, I felt that LSU was going to make a run. They've come to second to Oklahoma the past two seasons. They've never won a national championship as a team. Like they are hungry right. to beat OU. Like, it's always been OU-LSU, OU-LSU. Like, that's kind of been the rivalry. Uh-huh. So I felt like, all right, we're heading to the last, the last rotation. Watch LSU out for is, LSU. LSU, I believe they finished on floor vault. So, like, an easy a pretty easy rotation for a team. Like, they can score big. So I'm thinking, oh, man, LSU. Or Florida. I mean, Florida, you could feel as LSU or Florida kind of in the hunt. And then UCLA had a fall. So UCLA is finishing on beam. And Madison Koshin, who also was on the United States Olympic team, she falls. So then I kind of just, like, discredit it. You know, I'm like, all right, well, yeah, maybe they don't have to count it because we're not through the lineup yet, and the team can pick it up, and they won't have to count that fall. But, like, everyone's going to be, you know, doing their gymnastics a little bit more tight. Maybe there are some nerves because they already had a fall. So, like, I'm not even thinking about UCLA. And then all of a sudden, there's a shift. Like the it felt like the entire arena was just like wait, Pang Pang Lee from UCLA is last on beam. OU's done, vaults done. Which she was last on bars. This
3: is kind of when yeah. it, this is when this you're talking about the shift, the shift happened shift. Yeah. happened because she gets a ten on bars. So now you pick it up. Yes. Yeah. got already got one ten. So you know like she's got her game face on,
1: and she's a sixth year senior. Yeah. She only does bars and beam. She's phenomenal. She is really And she has a great another gymnast. Olympian
3: setting up setting the table for her too and Kyla Ross.
1: Exactly. And like it's funny the UCLA head coach Valerie Condos field was interviewed before the last event or the second to last event. And she said, "You know, I don't know the scores, but I think we're still we're still going to fight like we're in this." She didn't even think they were in it. The yeah. UCLA head coach didn't even know. And so when Pang Pang Lee is going up on beam and everyone else is like done. Like it felt like only she was competing and every in the whole arena's watching her. And she and like I'm hearing Bart, so I have headphones in. I'm hearing Bart like, okay, well she needs a nine point nine seven two five, whatever it was, essentially a ten. She basically needs a ten to win. I'm like, wait, what? Like I didn't know this until halfway through her beam routine that OU could potentially not win. Wow. And then when it comes up, and then of course it's like slow motion, all the scores, there's six judges. And they all come up at, this, at a different time. And so, like, one score so shows a 10. The other one shows a 10. And so you have to have five scores of a 10 of the six to get a 10. Oh, wow. And I believe one of them wasn't a 10. I think she only got five.
3: Oh, my gosh. And then when it
1: happened, it was just, like, I think my mouth just dropped. Like, I – and I don't think I was the only one in the arena. Like, no one really saw UCLA coming.
3: Yeah, I, I, no, I don't think anybody watching on TV did. Like, Yeah. I mean, I'm sitting here watching it, and You're I— like, Wait, who? I'm the same <laughs> way. Like, the every, the the whole night, it was about Florida and OU, because like, they were so close after the first round, and then even after the second round, yeah. like or the second rotation, it was it was still kind of like OU-Florida, and then I'm with you. Because like, you kept telling me, like, watch out for LSU, watch out for right. LSU. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, what's LA, LSU going to do? I'm yeah. just worried about them. But then again, I'm like, oh, they've got it in the bag after that Um, when they're going into the bars, and then it's like— Oh wow, UCLA! Wow, and then you know again once I saw Kyla Ross, you know, stick her beam routine, I'm like, uh oh, we're and in trouble. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and then Bart's like, yeah, she could she could seal it with a nine nine seven five, and then all of a sudden it happens. So, um, you know, obviously disappointment. You work so hard, and you feel like you've done literally everything you possibly can. To win a national title, and it's so much pressure with the target on your back all year long. People have been chasing them for three years now, and you feel like, okay, the pressure's gone, and we did everything we could do, and yet, again, coming short. down to those minute little details, they come up just short. So how did they react once they see that UCLA passes them?
1: I The Sooners were visibly upset they've set a standard that it's national championship or bust, which is honestly kind of the standard for Oklahoma athletics as a whole. Like if you're not winning a national title, you, you better get going, you know, yeah. <laughs> like you better be in summer workouts. Because <laughs> this is the standard. So they were, yeah, they were upset. They wanted to win. They weren't just going to party for second place because that's not what their goal was. And on the bus back from Oklahoma city, we flew into Oklahoma city and then drove back to Norman KJ Kindler, had a little speech, and she said, you guys, you know, you can't win it every year. That's just impossible. But take this second-place finish and let it fuel you for next year. This is the day – this is 12 hours after Super 6 that this Oklahoma gymnastics team is already is moving thinking about on. next year. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So um,
3: after the meet, KJ Kindler was phenomenal at handling everything with no doubt she's got to be disappointed – and I would think you have to be even more disappointed when you're like, you'd think it would help, like, I did everything that I could, mm-hmm. that they did everything that they could, but then you start breaking down probably things like, oh, well, this and that and whatever. But you have to be so disappointed being that close and being able to see it and taste it and feel it, and then all of a sudden it's like, if someone like- gone. Snatches it from you, uh, I feel like, you know, so, but she was just magnificent handling all of it, and you- I actually got a chance to talk with her post-meet, and then she addressed the media. So we're going to let you guys listen to her post-national runner-up remarks right now.
4: Honestly, we did everything we could. We handled that really tough rotation, first rotation on balance beam. Um, Everyone responded when we had that mistake and did the best routines they'd ever done. In fact, I actually thanked Nico because I think she made them rise up and do the best routines they've done all season. They gave away nothing in the remainder of that lineup. So, really proud of how they started out. We just kept fighting all through the meet. We've been in a couple close meets this year, and we fought all the way through. It felt just like that—the meet against UCLA, the meet against Florida. Um, so we'd been there before, and they didn't—they never gave up. And you know, at the end of the day, it just wasn't quite enough. I mean, obviously, we're, I'm super proud of these ladies. Um, But when you've set the standard so high, they're disappointed. You know, they they wanted it. They worked for it. Um, And it's hard to explain to them why they didn't get it. But you have to get it right on the right day. And we just were a hair short. We talked about that in the circle right after bars. We talked about each senior. thanked them for everything they've done for us. Um, The way they've led this team all four years. Amazing integrity, these ladies hard workers created a culture in Oklahoma, and I can't say enough about them.
3: So again, disappointed, no doubt, but also not taking for granted because it is hard to win a national title. It's not it a is, casual thing. Yeah, that Anyone it's, can do it's so hard to do. And, you know, so they certainly are appreciative. We don't want to like give off. Like they're not appreciative of right. that. They certainly are. But, um, you know, They do have a goal, and that will be something, as you mentioned, that they will work for. And, you know, it's a team and a program that, again, it's not just like fans, but it's here within the athletics department that everyone just is like, oh, that's a national championship team. Mm -hmm. You know, like you talked about, like everyone here, there there are teams that you just like expect to be competing for a national title every year, and that's OU Women's Gymnastics. And so, you know, this past Monday night, we had the Sooner Choice Awards, the third annual, which is this cool event where, you know, you kind of celebrate all of the success of OU Athletics. So women's gymnastics certainly was a highlight and has been a highlight every year because they've won a national title or been right there every year that we've had this men's gym softball. You talk about men's golf and then also tennis. tennis doubles national championship as well. So it's a really neat event that. Certainly, um, you know, celebrated not just OU Women's Gymnastics, but all of the success at OU Um, and lots of different kind of cool things that I think it's a really neat event and venue for these student athletes to come and celebrate together and each other because you have your banquets and you have your certain things where you're celebrating yourselves, but for them to all come together and celebrate that success is really cool to see.
1: Well, just you emceed the <laughs> event and I hear you did throw some shade at some people. I don't know how hey, that We went. had to be entertaining <laughs> with some jokes. You and Gabe? Yes, Gabe Iker,
3: <laughs> so all what American. Were, what were some of the highlights of that night? So many, so many um, you know, again, you know, talking about the OU softball team, the year they had, they kind of cleaned up, they had a lot of people Deserving. win awards. Yes, you had Jocelyn Allo win the newcomer of the year. Um, for the season that she's having, 20 home runs already. I mean, get out of here. <laughs> and then, um, you know, Paige Lowry won Breakthrough Athlete of the Year female. Um, Shay Knighton won the Sooner Magic Moment of the year. And then softball also won Team of the Year. And then on the men's side, you had um, uh, Baker Mayfield, won male athlete of the year. And um, Breakthrough Athlete of the Year, Rodney Anderson, no surprise about that. So, a newcomer of the year, this one was a huge shocker for you guys. Trey Young. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, female athlete of the year was Maggie Nichols. That sounds like the only award that she won that night. We'll talk about that here in just a second. But no doubt, one of the coolest moments was um, when they honored Bob Stoops for the Legacy Award. And, um, you know, I had done a uh, put together a little video, it was a really short video, but Caleb Kelly introduced it. And, you know, he talked about how Bob Seuss was the very first person that offered Caleb a scholarship to play Division One that told him that your dream is going to come true, basically. And obviously the, the offers came, you know, flooding in after that. But he, that first one's special. So Caleb introduced it, and then you come in, and here comes Bob in a standing ovation. And it's just, like, cool to see, again, every sport how much Bob has met. And I go back to when we had Coach Gasso on the very first uh, podcast, and she talked about how Bob Stoops was probably the biggest supporter, one of the biggest supporters of her program. So I think in that moment you saw how much Bob Stoops meant to this athletics department as a whole, and you think about what football has done and how many doors football has opened for so many other sports to have success. So Bob Stoops gets up there and gives like just a remarkable speech and I won't try to you know I'm not I won't ever be able to do it justice so we're gonna (laughs) let you listen to it right now
2: thank you it's uh really uh it's really special to be here tonight with all of you all of us uh celebrating each other this is the best uh best university in the country run by the best people and uh joy it's been an absolute joy of a lifetime a privilege for me to have been the head football coach here for 18 years, truly has. I've been the one that's been incredibly blessed. Uh, Watching that video, I would encourage all of you, because you have the power to do it, you have the platform to do it, to go out and reach out to young people and uh, help them, one way or another. But when I, I say it's been a privilege to be here, it's for, I coach guys like Caleb, absolute best thing in the world to be around these guys every day. That was, that was the best part of my job. And then, of course, to, to work with administrators like Joe uh, to all the way up through President Boren and all the coaches that are out here tonight, all our other coaches for all the other sports. And it loved helping recruit some of you athletes that have been through my office. Loved it, absolutely loved it. And I've always cheered John. I believe the very best part of college, and I always got this. My job was about representing the university. Of course, you got to be successful and win. I get that, but also represent the university in a class manner, and it's about diversity and it's about supporting and helping all of the athletic te- athletic teams, men and women. I'm all for Title IX. I'm all for every sport we got. And I'm all for sharing whatever money the university and athletics and I know football makes a bunch of money. And I'm all for spreading it out for everybody to have a chance to win championships and succeed. And fortunately, over our last 19 years with Lincoln and Caitlin here and what they did this year and what we did the past 18, we've been able to do that to help everybody continue to pursue championships, win championships and succeed. Boomer sooner,
3: so I thought that was such a cool moment to hear Coach Stoops talking about how, yes, obviously football, and you, you I think you just people just assume like football coaches like it's all about football, football right, guy. yeah, and he just makes it a point like I'm all for whatever we gotta do to make all the sports equally successful, like everybody should here should be able to compete for national titles and whatever resources needed it should be provided. And so that was a really cool moment. And a lot of people talked about that and how neat that was to hear him say that and how important it important it was to hear him say that. And so, you know, because it's a reminder to, you know, people that maybe forget, but it's also an encouragement to those other sports that maybe feel like maybe sometimes they get lost in the shuffle a little bit. So that was definitely one of the highlights of the night. A lot of people talked about that about that being one of the highlights of the night.
1: I'm inspired just listening to (laughs) it. But also another cool moment that you had mentioned was Maggie Nichols and just the reaction from her fellow student-athletes and the support and respect that they showed this sophomore gymnast.
3: Yeah, so I'm just already getting chills just thinking about how I'm even going to try to describe what happened. Um, Definitely one of the coolest moments I've ever been a part of, too. And, you know, again, you go back to Maggie's story. And you go back to, you know, again, the courage it took for her way back before she even came to OU to report the abuse that she had, which who knows, she could have never known what that um, effect that might have had on her Olympic dream, but yet, you know, her and her coach make the courageous decision to report the Team USA doctor at the time, so... She makes that decision, and then nobody knows about it. So, in in all of the affidavits and in all of the reports that you read, it says athlete A, athlete A. So she's the first, right? In January, she comes in and and releases a statement and says, "It's not athlete A. Athlete A is Maggie Nichols." There's a name to athlete A, and it's Maggie Nichols. I too am one of those those people. So I, I got a chance, I knew that she was going to win this award because I put together the video on it, and so I talked to KJ about it, and I thought what she said was just remarkable, you know, talking about... It's a great piece. Yeah, yeah. like how Maggie kind of initiated a lot of this, and, um, you know, while it, it had already kind of broken, like everything that had already come out, but Maggie kind of got the ball rolling a little bit as far as the Team USA side goes, and so, and that's what Coach Kenler said is, who knows how many people she saved by her using Purge. her voice. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, everybody was following that story. I think everybody in that room, whether what you know about USA Gymnastics or don't know, you know that there was this story happening and the movement that went along with it. Um, so you knew that. And so then she just had won an all-around national title. And you already knew that she was such a phenomenal athlete. And then – so – um, you know, the nominees come and then you announce that she's the winner. And then you watch this video. And while the video is playing, it's about two minutes and 30 seconds. She has made her way up to the stage. And, um, you know, it's going through telling a little bit about it. There's no way to tell all of the details in two minutes and 30 seconds, but, you know, it's telling just a little bit about it. And so you hear people kind of cheering a little bit in a couple of the parts in the video for her courage. So she's waiting on the side. Nobody sees her. There's a curtain. All of a sudden, the video ends, and she walks up onto the stage, and here comes a standing ovation, and the cheers like didn't stop. I you have know, the <laughs> like they just kept cheering and kept cheering, and it was like, you know, again, a reminder. We sit here and we talk about national titles, national titles, national titles, but it's a reminder that there's so much more than just winning, and there's so much more than these these athletes and these coaches support. And encourage one another, and they are appreciative for what Maggie Nichols has done beyond gymnastics. And you saw that, like, and, and it wasn't, it was again, it was, you're talking about 600 people, oh, wow. her peers that are, you know, you're talking about Trey Young's in the audience, and you're talking about the softball team, the national championship softball teams in the audience. Lincoln Riley's in the front row, one of the first people to stand. And, you know, you just kind of take it all in that, like, again, what she's doing is so much better bigger than winning a national title and and the impact that she's made. I think that's what was so cool to see how appreciated she is so much more than just what she does as a gymnast.
1: And I just think it shows that this Oklahoma athletic department really is a family. You know, they say there's only one, but it's true. Like when you see just that support and respect for one person, I mean, Maggie Nichols is changing laws. She's changing lives right now, and for her to have the backup from her from Sooner Nation, you can't beat it. You can't beat that. Yeah, and I think that's a good way to
3: end. Like you said, it is a family, and it was a great, great night. I was so thankful to be a part of it. Um, so it was, it was cool. It was awesome, and I'm, I will remember that for probably the rest of my life. So um, hope you guys have enjoyed this kind of spin off weird little <laughs> segment we're doing this week. We just thought it would be kind of cool to talk about a couple of the things that have been going on and what Meg's been with the gymnastics team the last week. And then I've been just all in on these Sooner Choice Awards. So we just thought we'd update you guys on our lives. We'll be a little <laughs> bit selfish this week. But, yeah, thanks again for listening. We'll uh, get back to having our regularly scheduled um, content and routine coming up next Wednesday. Um, so make sure you tune in then. And uh, we'll let you know um, who we got coming up for you then. And, and got some still some cool guests on, on the slate for this podcast. So keep it here with us. Tune in next week and uh, check out all of our lineup of Sooner Sports Podcast all throughout this week. Shout out Chris Plank. Thanks again for all you do. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye.
2: This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air.